Happy Friday, friends. We are really excited to announce our upcoming annual Fit Mom Fit Month. So for the month of May, we are going to be focusing on eight different habits, two per week, related to the foundations of living a healthy lifestyle. So this is for anybody. If you feel right now that you are struggling with some of these foundational things, such as drinking enough water, getting enough protein or vegetables, building balanced meals, sleep or stress management, movement, we're covering all the things, and we are going to support each other in resetting and maybe instilling some of these habits if you are not currently doing these things that are foundational to living your happiest best life. So link is in the show notes if you would like to join that challenge. We will begin May 1st. We also will be covering all of the details this Tuesday in our Facebook group. So if you're not part of that community, there's a link in the show notes. Or if you're not on Facebook, we will also send this out in our newsletter and you can join again with the link in the show notes. So I feel like a broken record here. But today we are going to dive into a dose of discomfort and we talk about situations where maybe you're tempted to partake in things that you know are going to leave you feeling uncomfortable. Maybe it is digestive symptoms or it is just maybe feeling not your best the next day, maybe regretting participating in you know the drinks or dessert, whatever that looks like for you, because you just know that it doesn't serve your goals right now in this season. And we have to pick sometimes our discomfort, our discomfort of being unhappy or our discomfort of say a no in this situation and making progress towards our goals. So let's dive in. Hope you guys have a fabulous day. If you have any questions regarding the Fit Mom Fit Month, you can always reach out to us, Facebook, Instagram, or our email info at fitmomlife.com. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. So part of me, happy Friday, guys, by the way, part of me feels like Liz and I need to become less censored because I think that our conversations outside of the podcast, like you guys get a dose of it, but I just thought I had a limp mic (laughs) (laughs) because my mic kept dropping, Mm -hmm. you know, and I will say, I think sometimes I'm the one that's like more raunchy. Liz is for sure. Liz is more raunchy than I am. My wine, my mind just wonders. And by the way, I got, I don't know if you've heard from anybody about the champagne blowjob. The champagne blowjob content. <laughs> I've gotten several text messages that are just basically say champagne blowjobs and then a bunch of emojis laughing. Because you guys, sometimes we just need to have fun and I not know, take life gosh, so dang not serious. Not so offended so easily. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Anyways. So so let's let's dive into a couple of things that we've talked about offline. So I have to start watching Bridgerton because yes. Becca says it's like amazing. And I was telling her, and have, did you guys watch Coda yet? I don't know if I'm ready for it emotionally. Okay, well, I just cry at everything. You know I cry at everything. I cry at everything. And Nick cannot handle my emotion level sometimes. Like, I'm not that emotional compared to, I think, other women. And it's still a lot for him. And yeah. so like, you know... I feel like it needs to be dosed in 
you know i just cry in movies like it's just yeah. very heartfelt so if you guys haven't watched coda it's children children of deaf adults and i think for me i was telling my sister because my sister was an interpreter for many years mm-hmm. she taught in schools and she was um you know she's a beautiful singer herself she signs and it's gorgeous she's done this at like every major function mm-hmm. um even at my mom's funeral she signed to you know a song there and i was just imagining like my sister and i watching this together and she called me a couple days later and she said she did watch it and she's like i was just so tired i didn't cry and i was like what you need to go back and watch it and but anyways it's just a really this is what i will say there's so much out right now in the like just like tv netflix some shows i just can't watch like some of it is just too much Mm -hmm. for me agreed with various things that are happening like even with disney and some of the things that's Mm -hmm. going on there like i don't even want to watch it anymore like yeah yeah some of it's too much and some of the news is just like and i know that like you should see it because it's reality but like i don't know if you saw the abortion clinic thing they found like um why children that had been born that were dead fetuses that they had like severed limbs from them they had slit some of their throat it was really bad really bad i can barely even talk about it anyways um agreed there's some things and i don't know if you are a mother out there listening and you feel the same way but i feel like since becoming a mother there are some things i simply cannot watch like Mm -hmm. i cannot watch scary movies where children are involved or like children are at risk during movies or harm during movies it's just it's too i know it's fiction but it doesn't change the fact that like i cannot immediately not go in my mind to that being my kid yeah and it's just it it's different for me i don't know i guess so for me just my personal belief system is that parents should be able to parent the way that they choose to parent and there's too much right now i feel being pushed that I just, I can't get behind and I'm not going to ever get behind it. Mm-mm, like no. if it's something that's related to politics, religion, sexuality, I think that should be taught in the home. It should be the parent's choice as to what they choose to bring their child up with. And just, again, I've said this before on other podcasts, like what's happening in some of our schools now, like where's the innocence of being a child anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that there's arguments on both sides and that's fine. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. I think that is a thousand percent. I will always stand behind that. And that is what I want in America. That is what I think people fight for in America is that mm-hmm. everyone gets their opinion. It's an opinion though. And when it comes to my children, I do not give an F what you say. I am the expert on my children. Mm-hmm. They are my children. I have raised them. I have watched them 24-7. I am the expert. And that is, I will stand, I will live and die by that rule in my life. And so that is, you know, it should be, I should at least have a say in what right. my children are taught and right. what my children are influenced by. Um, yeah, and I think I it's think every parent. I, I think every parent should feel that way. Again, it is an opinion. Yeah. Well, and for me, I want to raise a child who is open, who is honest, who is respectful of all like religions, ethnicity, no judgment, like no bullying, things like that. But I think the world is trending in a really dangerous direction right now with what we're seeing going on. And even when I look at some of the things that we were talking about this uh, with Cody McBroom on our interview, some of the things that Marcus accidentally gets to on YouTube, like this is not okay for there to be like guns and violence. And like, it's even, I'm talking about like cartoon stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, um, you know, video games that I see 
young kids, and I'll say here, you're probably in the ballpark of, you know, six to 15 years old, the kind of that's a, a wide range there for some of these um, video gaming systems that are out there. Like you wonder why violence is at an all time. I mean, on the rise, mm-hmm. you wonder why kids think it's okay to show up to school and because it's it's being put out there as like, this is the cool thing to do mm-hmm. when they don't realize how dangerous this is. And so those are just things like in my heart, like I want to be able to censor certain things. I want to be able to teach my child and give him the proper education. And the school system absolutely has a place to do absolutely. that. But Teachers the, are amazing. Yeah. My mother was a teacher her entire life and teachers are absolutely amazing. But in my opinion, again, my opinion, parents should have some type of influence on what is taught to their children. Mm-hmm. And that's what school boards are for. I 1000% plan to be a part of my child's school board when he gets to that age. Um, and, you know, it's it's so hard. It is so hard because children's minds are so, so able to be developed during that early time frame. Mm-hmm. And I believe I'm totally going to say this wrong. I don't even know if I should say it, but like, I believe that it's something like children's minds are 80% developed or something like that by the time they're like five years old. Like it's how they are form. And it's just, it's insanity how influential you can be in a child's life in their early years. And so I think it is very important to be careful with what is put towards a child at that time, especially things that they just can't understand, you know? Um, Well, I even remember growing up, my parents, my mom was like, you cannot watch a PG-13 movie. You can't watch an R-rated movie, right? (sighs) Until I was old enough to understand. And they also didn't watch things around me. Like we don't watch things around Marcus that I don't do scary movies anyway, or Mm -mm. a lot of like violence. But I do, for example, we love SEAL Team. It's a really great military show. And we're very cautious with how much, you know, Marcus sees if he sees any of that at all because they mimic, right? He's in that phase of mimicking everything. And like Nerf guns is one thing, but to actually understand, like you guys have probably seen the video of Marcus like around the house. So he was like pretend playing, you know, it's like, okay, well that was like a telltale to us. Like we can't have anything like that on the television just because he's not old enough to comprehend what that means. And it can be dangerous, right? You go to school. So anyways, it's not to be like political or I think everybody, again, we want to be respectful of everybody's opinions. They should be able to raise their children in the way that they choose. But when it comes to what our kids learn and what they're exposed to and what is pushed upon them or (laughs) not pushed upon them, I think that comes down to the parents' call. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or at least least there should be some type of a say from the parents that Mm -hmm. there should be some knowledge of what's going on. Yeah. But anyways anywho we're here to (laughs) we're here to talk about being uncomfortable so we probably just made you you uncomfortable uncomfortable during that conversation um i think it's important i think it's important to get uncomfortable with conversations sometimes uh and so this in particular topic kind of spawned because i was on vacation a few weeks ago and i experienced a moment of i sacrificed an uncomfortable for a And then in turn experienced a bigger discomfort. And I thought that it was kind of a parallel to health journeys for people and weight loss and trying to change habits. And so as many of you know, if you follow, I was in Florida um, with our family and Thursday night we had planned to go out without the kids. Um, So my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law were there. um, And then my other brother-in-law was there and we, my sister-in-law has a one-year-old. And so we decided to give the kids to the grandparents um, for the evening and go out. And so in Nick's family, I am kind of known as 
the person when they get drunk gets like there's the becca stories becca falls asleep there's there's some great becca stories of the past of when i would get drunk and i don't get drunk often and so anyways i know i don't do well with alcohol i don't feel very good even with just a couple of drinks um and, you know, I, I just really have kind of stopped drinking, not because I don't enjoy it. I really do enjoy alcohol, but I have learned um, it just doesn't tolerate with my body very well. I feel awful. Like, it's so not worth it. But anyways, I decided to ignore that for that night. And I think part of why I ignored it was because there is there is some type of expectation around you go out for the night, you get drunk, right? You're without the kids. It's what I used to do, you know, five, seven, ten years ago. Um, we would go out, have some, like, have shots, have, like, things I have not done in over a year. Um, and I paid for it so horribly the I, next day. You know how I know you paid for it? I didn't hear from you until 3 p.m. on Friday, and I was yes. like, okay, so I haven't seen anything on social media. My mom said the same thing. She goes, I saw you went out last night, and I haven't seen anything on your stories. <laughs> the last picture I saw was of you and Nick that was really cute. And I was like, I hope you guys go and have fun, yeah. you know? But here's the thing, and I think this is a take-home point for anybody listening to this podcast. Like, It's not about how many drinks you had. It's that no. you knew going out, you want to enjoy the night. I think every parent wants to enjoy the night. But you also know, even with two or three drinks, you don't feel your best and you you get tired you just yes. fall asleep that's the yes. thing right i fall asleep in public places it's like i become narcoleptic when i drink it's really lose lose situation i like i i fall asleep before i start having fun and that's the you know and i didn't fall asleep that night but I don't remember a lot of the night i all i remember was like walking home nick had to hold my hand the whole way home cuz i was like swerving side to side every step and got and got home don't remember anything after getting home passed out woke up the next morning felt so sick and i have a seven month old and three-year-old and so like they don't care that i'm hungover out of my mind and so like i wasn't a good mother i wasn't a good person that day like i ate things i haven't eaten in months years like i had a hot dog and two pieces of pizza for lunch, which is like, it's fine, but like things I would never consume otherwise. Um, I couldn't eat until like 12 p.m. because I felt so sick. I threw up the next morning. Like it was just awful. Mm. And basically what I'm getting at here is I did the thing that I should not have done. I knew in my heart, I knew in my gut, I should not have just gone and drank whatever, but I did it because I didn't, I, I felt it was expected of me. I felt that it was, and no pressure from my family. Like none of them would have forced me to drink anything. That would have totally understand if I said no. But it was a more comfortable situation to do it and not have that conversation, not resist what was expected, what I thought was expected. And so I in, in turn endured bigger discomfort the next day. I didn't want to experience the small discomfort of saying no, of having that conversation. And so in turn... I then experienced a much larger discomfort. The next, my my hangovers last 24 to 36 hours. Like it's not even a, a next morning type thing. It is until I go to bed and wake up. Then, and then it like lingers for a few days. I feel bloated. I feel off, like dehydrated, all of those things. And so what I am getting at here is that a lot of times people will go with what is comfortable and we will, you know, or what we get used to doing. And we end up finding a bigger discomfort later. We end up finding unhappiness in our body, feeling stuck, feeling 
frustrated, feeling like we are stuck in these habits that we have created because we did not endure the small discomforts of waking up with the alarm and working out, of saying no to the drinks on Friday night, of saying no to the office break room food. Like these small discomforts we are saying yes to, to become, not experience that discomfort basically, that resistance. And in turn, we then experience bigger discomforts later. Yeah. And I think that this can parallel, like you mentioned, to somebody who is trying to change their lifestyle, right? We work with a lot of clients who come in that there's a lot of normalcy to going out to eat multiple times a week, to drinking soda, to having sugary Starbucks beverages, alcohol frequently, sweets, you know, or chocolate frequently, like just these habits that maybe we don't truly realize until we start evaluating how much we do these things, how frequent they happen. Or, the weekends. What does like do the weekends really look like when you start tracking your food? Okay, well, we went out actually four times in one weekend in the span of maybe three days compared to what I thought was like one to two times a week because we just get wrapped up in the busyness of life and yeah, we'll grab this, we'll do this. And we don't realize the trickle effect of those things and how it leads to that discomfort of either low energy, digestive issues, feeling uncomfortable in your skin, missing or skipping workouts, right? Like there's a lot of trickle down effects physically, mentally, and emotionally. And so when you're in this place, Beck and I have talked about this before on the podcast where you're trying to change, you have to be willing to get uncomfortable if you want to stop being uncomfortable. And so what do I mean by that? Like change the narrative of what you're going to do on the weekends. Change the people that you surround yourself with. Like I'll be honest, we had our uh, friends over this past Saturday. It was a ton of fun. Everybody came at four o'clock. We went to bed at a decent hour, didn't over drink, didn't over consume. Like all the girls are like, Art, you always show up with that tequila and we love it, but not today. Like we were just going to sit here. We had a great dinner. We played games. We enjoyed each other's company and we moved forward from it versus maybe, I don't know, three or four years ago, that would look like staying out until two, three, four o'clock in the morning time, right? Like, because that's what it was expected or that's what you did. That's what was cool. And I think it's important if you have friends in your life that do love you and they support you, have those conversations and have those conversations ahead of time and say, hey guys, I'm not gonna be drinking a ton tonight. Or, hey, can we do something different actually? Can we go for a walk? Can we meet up for a workout? Can we go shopping? Can we get coffee? Like You can do so many other things, but to Becca's point, I think sometimes it just becomes like expected that if we don't have the kids, that's what we're doing. Guys, I don't know about anybody else, but when I don't have Marcus, Art and I are like, woo, let's just lay here on the couch and quiet and watch some TV. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, and that's normally what happens in childcare, obviously. Like we had the, I yeah. had people to watch my kids the next day. Like that is a lot, a lot of things ended up with me in that situation. Um, and I think that the hard thing too, is that a lot of people don't experience the discomfort immediately. Like for me, I experienced immediately. I drank too much Thursday night. I was extremely hungover Friday very immediate. And some people do, you know, some people eat things that they maybe don't tolerate really well gut wise and experience the bloating or digestive issues, but often it's delayed, you know, not waking up early to fit in the workout, not saying no to certain foods that we maybe are not, they're not fitting our goals. Then you experience it usually a couple months later, you know, two, three months later, you're more physically uncomfortable in your body because your body has not shifted. And there are many people in this world that will find themselves staying comfortable. And we stay there because everything necessary that we need to change 
is going to require a temporary discomfort. And avoiding that temporary uncomfortable, unfortunately, leaves us with a bigger discomfort. So thinking about like every time you're putting it off till tomorrow, every time you tried, but it didn't really work out or skipping the little details, like every time. And that's something that I have really worked on trying to change is, you know, the whole concept of like how you do one thing is how you do everything. I'm not a very clean person. I am the first to admit that. I leave things out a lot of times because I'm like, oh, I'll get to it later. And I've been trying to shift that because I'm like, I know that that transcends into other areas of my life. Um, And so like every time you're skipping the little things or whatever small thing you don't think will make a big impact, usually typically makes that big impact eventually. And so we all know what it's like to start on Monday. You know, the feeling of like, gonna get in shape or eat better. And then on Monday... They have donuts at work and it's like, well, maybe I'll start tomorrow. Maybe I'll start tomorrow to get in shape again or I'll start tomorrow with eating the clean again, clean diet or whatever excuses or justifications we give ourselves. But eventually you're going to have to deal with the problem or you're going to have to live with the problem. And that's the bottom line of this is like you're going to have to deal with this discomfort now or you're going to have to live with this discomfort long term. And it's your choice of what you want to do with that. And what we're trying to kind of get at is the discomforts that you're avoiding, I promise you, are probably smaller, much smaller than the discomfort that you're ultimately going to have if you keep avoiding them. Yeah. The discomfort of giving, getting up at 5.30 in the morning is way less of a discomfort than trying to put your shorts on and realizing that none of your clothes in your closet fit you. Like, I'm just being honest. I've been there. The reason I bring that up specifically is because that is my life post-college, right? Like I got into this place where I kept skipping my morning workouts because I kept going out after work for happy hour. And so I would rationalize to skip the gym because it was happy hour time. And I say I would go in the morning. There was no chance I was going in the morning when I stayed out and ate junk at the pub with my friends, right? Like, And so this cycle continues as long as you let it because you are afraid to maybe be the unpopular person or take you know, a different route than family or friends and try to go against the grain, right? And here's the thing that I can tell you is that, and Natalie talked about this earlier, um, she's going to be a guest on our podcast in a couple of weeks and she's a friend of mine from home that decided to get sober. She had a pretty... Um, lengthy bouts, or I should say stint with kind of being an alcoholic behind the scenes. And finally, one day she couldn't take it anymore. And she decided, I am done. The party is over and she's been sober for eight years. But one thing is she talked about the fact that people in her corner started to realize that they maybe also had a problem. And her corner, her those people that she surrounded herself with had to change. And so It can be tough because you know that you might lose some friends in this process. You might lose some friends if you decide, I'm done doing the things that don't serve me. But what I would challenge you with is forward think and think about where do you want to be 2, 5, 10, 15 years from now and ask yourself the real question. If I don't change and I keep going down this path, how uncomfortable am I willing to get before I'm willing to change? Because I think a lot of people have to hit rock bottom before they start to make the changes necessary, but you shouldn't live your life that way. Like you only get one life. And so if you can turn things around now and you can deal with less discomfort now to make some of these changes than what it would be if you show up at the doctor's office and they're saying you have cancer, you have type two diabetes, your liver is failing or whatever the situation is, ask yourself, like, do I want to go down that path? 
Or am I willing to start to get uncomfortable now and make these changes before it's too late and my body is in a disease state? Mm -hmm. And so something that I think can be actionable, that can be helpful for some people is weighing your weighing your discomforts, like literally taking this, writing it down on a piece of paper. For example, waking up in the morning to work out early. What is uncomfortable about that? Write it down, write it down on a piece of paper. And then write down next to that, what is uncomfortable about what will happen if I don't do that? I have a feeling that the latter, the discomfort of not doing the things that will get you to the, you know, the goals or the results that you're looking for, is going to be a much heavier list to deal with. And so sometimes like literally looking at it on a piece of paper, taking pen to paper and doing this task can be very helpful for people because they then they can refer to it. You can look at it. You can have it next to your bed when you wake up in the morning and you don't want to get out of bed to go work out. You don't want to do the hard thing. And you can realize like, this is what I'm doing it for. Remind yourself. Because a lot of times we live in the moment as people. We live emotionally, we live thinking only one step ahead, and it keeps us stuck because you are looking, as humans do and human nature, you are looking for the path of least resistance. You are looking for what is easiest, what is the least amount of effort, what puts me in the least uncomfortable situation, because being uncomfortable is hard. We are not discrediting that at all. Being uncomfortable is very hard. But what about the uncomfortable we're not thinking about? We need to get ourselves out of living in that exact moment. I don't care about the stupid saying, live life in the moment. No, don't live life in the moment because it's probably going to leave you unhappy, overweight, depressed, and in a place where you're really stuck. And so live life thinking about what you want your life to be like, not just in this moment, tomorrow, the next week, the next month, the next year, the next multiple years. Because what you do today is what is going to create your life for the next day, month. And that sh- that is shown in research. Like your choice right now is then going to affect your choices and set you up for either better choices or worse choices in the next. It's like a scheme. It is, we actually in Atomic Habits, they showed this as like a graph. You make a good choice, sets you usually up for better choices. You make better choices there, sets you up for even better choices. And the vice versa is the same. You make poor choices now, it's going to set you up for more poor choices. And so you have to look at what you're doing as not just an in the moment, but what is going to expand from that? What is going to develop? Our lives are webs. How are we creating that web for ourselves with the choice we're making right now? So hopefully this has been a little helpful and eye-opening and some actionable tips around what you can actually do to weigh your discomforts. But at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, what type of uncomfortable do you want to feel? And for me... I want the uncomfortable that I'm getting better in that uncomfortable. Yeah. And we're not saying never to have fun. We're not saying not to enjoy vacation. We're not saying that there's never a time and a place. But I think this is something that we see people struggle with, if not daily, at least weekly, right? And especially when it comes down to social events, because it's always somebody's birthday. It's always some celebration at work. It's always you know, the availability to have drinks or to have sweets or to eat the pizza, right? And we never stop and think about it in this way. And so it doesn't even have to be a situation where it's alcohol. It could be cake. It could be cupcakes. It could be donuts at work. It could be the candy jar that's sitting in the break room, right? It could be pizza on Friday night. And so at the end of the day, we're never, we're not here to say that you can never have fun, but we want you to take home the point. And I think Becca, you know, described it perfectly in regards to saying no, or maybe just saying no to more than two, three drinks Mm -hmm. 
wouldn't have led to the situation the next day where she didn't text Liz until 3 p.m. I'm just kidding. Um, Dude, I that might have been the, the nail in the coffin for me with drinks. <laughs> like, I really, that is so vivid. And, and, you know, I know it happened recently. I do this, like, once a year. I'll do this usually once a year at some event. Like, and it's just, I really, really think that might have been it. Yeah. But I think, you know, for anybody out there, it's like, you have to understand. And I would challenge you, too, to take a step further and analyze how often are you doing things uncomfortably? So like, are you giving into all of these things all the time? Or does it happen once every couple of months, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when are you saying no to things? When are you standing up for yourself? When are you strategizing and planning ahead? Because I think people often, just like they think that they move more than they do and they think they eat less than they do, people often think that maybe they don't cave to these things as often as they actually do. And so it's, again, taking that self-evaluation, look in the mirror, evaluate your discomforts, and think about where you want to be 5, 10, heck, 15 years from now, because all of that is going to add up with your lifestyle, especially if it's something that you're doing day in and day out. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review, as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.